Hello and welcome back to another episode of the To Be Wed podcast. My name's Emily and I'll be your host. And I'm Mike and I'm your co-host. And before we start this week's episode, I just want to apologize for our little hiatus last week. We didn't record an episode. You guys may be aware we didn't release one. Sorry about that. I was unwell last week, so we didn't get around to recording an episode. It just becomes super tough when you get sick and I just feel like I didn't want to sound very nasally on this podcast. So... We skipped a week, but we hope that there are enough episodes for you guys to go back and listen to enough material out there um, to keep you going. Emily has some exciting news about one of our episodes through the week. We've been getting a lot of new listeners on the podcast and we hit a pretty big milestone through this week. Yeah, we finally got over 100 on one, one episode, so 100 people listening to one of our episodes, which is, I think it's alternatives to outdated traditions. And number two is ways to wake ways to make your wedding more unique. So I think everyone is probably in the market for trying to make their wedding as unique as possible and as them as possible. Yeah, I think going against traditions is a big theme and I think it, it's certainly more reflective of the society we live in today of people's um, ideals, of people's actually living out their beliefs and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Right? I was literally about to say that, that that almost created the perfect segue, which was unplanned. So that works well. You can tell we've been podcasting for a while. But do you want to tell people what our topic is today? So today I wanted to touch on something that I have been seeing come up on my Instagram pretty recently, but also any of my social medias, TikTok, whatever it is. And that is feminism and marriage and whether those two things can coexist. What about your social media? Is this something that comes up on yours? No, this is not something that I've, if I'm honest, ever really thought about before this week, but I think it's something that I've been heavily involved in. And I I just want to clarify that I feel like this is something I've known about and something that I strongly believe in, but I have never been able to put a word to it because when I was looking up some of the things and how – it contrasts between the things you can do to make your wedding align more with your feminist beliefs. A lot of things are things that we already did, right? And the reasons that they give are reasons that I had, but I just didn't know that that was the reason why. And I think that that was interesting for me because it wasn't that I was doing it because I'd seen it done or I'd seen it talked about or I'd seen someone make a video and I was like, wow, yeah, I've never thought about that. I have to do that. It was just because they're beliefs that I've held. And I think that, we're going to probably go through some of them today and through that maybe you'll hear some and think, oh, wow, these are things that maybe I, I really should do or I haven't even heard of that before and if so that's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. So I want to kind of start on what we think feminism is and what we're defining as feminism and that to us is just the equal of the sexes and in that pursuit of being equal to the sexes and I know that the word feminism can kind of be a little bit I don't want to say taboo, not taboo, but it can be a lot of, it can be really hard for some people to identify with feminism only because I guess in the mainstream media, it has kind of been pulled apart and also seems like something you can't gravitate towards because it's really hard to be part of that movement. Yeah. It's a very heavy word. It's a very like loaded word these days, I think, but we're going to try to strip it back to its most basic um, in a way. I don't really like to do that, but I think that's the way that it is most easily explained um, in this half-hour podcast. I think that's the best way to go about it is to um, really just say that we're trying to make it equal for both sexes um, and 
obviously that that's even a hard thing to even talk about on this podcast. So um, to be able to go into a lot of depth in half hour is not going to be able to be done, but we're going to try our best. And I think hearing that as your definition opens me up to thinking about a lot of the things and a, a lot of reasons why people can have issues with holding um, themselves as, a, as being a feminist, but also wanting to get married. Yeah, and I, I kind of just want to preface it here by just saying that, you know, we are a heteronormative heterosexual couple um, and you're also a male and I also identify as a female. So we are going to be limited within our scope and reach of what we talk about. So I would encourage people to go past this podcast and not take this as, you know, as fact and as as solid opinion because obviously we can only talk from our experience and my experience from being a female. So I kind of wanted to start with the the portrayal of marriage on social media and how women specifically are portrayed within social media. So I know on my end is that women are spoken terribly of in terms of marriage and relationships on TikTok, on YouTube, all of that. Is that something that you think comes up on your feed as well? I don't know if you've gone down those depths of those pathways on TikTok. Are we talking like um, people in relationships, like talking about their specific ins and outs of their relationship or are we talking like to do with their wedding? I think I'm more talking about like more relationships and people saying that once you are married, this is what life looks like. This is what has to, life has to look like. But also then talking about I've heard a lot of men specifically and women actually talking about that to get married, there are these things you can and can't do as a woman. Yeah, I think that's, well, that's definitely strongly held in society. I probably haven't seen the videos as much. Um, but I've, I've definitely heard people speak about that in everyday life. A lot of um, older people definitely holding those views of um, this the stereotypical way a relationship has to be and after you get married that those two things um, just amplify, like everyone has to align with a stereotype once you get married. There are probably a lot of like sayings out there that you've heard before that are very reflective of what a relationship yeah, is like once you get married. Yeah, the old ball and chain. And, yeah, mm. and, and like housewife and Get in things the kitchen. Like that. Yeah, and, and, and things like that. I don't know if they're still as much around. I mean, I'm not in that space, so maybe they are. Um, I'm just not hearing about them as much. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because as I was doing research on this podcast, I mean, I knew it kind of existed because I think TikTok is one of those social media platforms that is really dis- can be really disgusting in terms of it's a lot more I find unfiltered than say Instagram and even when I was looking up this topic that's where most of the videos were so if you're looking at like feminism for example on TikTok which I had like feminism and weddings and things when I was searching these are the kind of videos that come up where people are saying you can't have sex with more than I don't know, three people before you get married because then no one's going to want to marry you. And you, after you get married, you have to submit to a man. So I can, I can already see the connection people make between feminism and marriage just by simply being on social media. I really hate TikTok for that. And I know this is a bit of on a tangent, but I get very interested in hearing those things because I'm like, wow, that's just so strange for someone to even say that. I'm like, do people hold these views? And I'm like, 
part of it's like I engage with these things because I'm like it's like research to yeah. hear how the other side actually think because I then the do algorithms not hold that like, view. And then, yeah, as soon as I go to actually watch a video, if I watch it all the way through, then I keep getting videos like that. So it thinks that I enjoy that and I don't, but it's just I, I view that content because I find it so strange that people hold those views. But I think it's important to hear or realize that there are those people out there because the world is not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not all exactly how you think and I think social media has programmed us to think that way. Obviously, if you continue to only watch videos that align with your views, you're only going to get that. So you're only going to think people think one way. So I think opening up these discussions are always a good thing. Yeah, and we know that TikTok often and YouTube, I think, prefaces a lot of those kind of conservative views at the moment because it is what gets high views. I want to kind of talk about conservative views and because I think this is one of the things that really people think about when they think about feminism and marriage and I want to talk about religion because unfortunately a lot of these videos have religious ties and they are always starting I'm not going to say always I shouldn't say that but a lot of videos start with Christian people and prefacing it by the fact that they are Christian and this is why they believe it. And I can't want to touch on this because we got married within the Christian faith as an Angl- in an Anglican church. So I can't want to hear your opinion on this and then talk that through a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's it's very sad to hear people giving those views of of marriage and I and I also like know people in real life that hold those views and I mean, that's great to you but it it's hard to hear them put that and like religion in the same vein. I mean, there's all heaps of ideologies out there where they put things to the extreme and, and, and those are the only views you're ever going to hear. So that sort of paints that whole religion with the same brush um, and that's all people have ever heard of. So therefore, that's all they know of that religion. Um, it's very sad to think about that. But um, I think we can definitely do more to to lean towards equality when it comes to when it comes to marriage, but also when it comes to like a religious marriage as well. I think this is, I find this one so hard. And I know it's something you and I have struggled with previously, even getting married in the church. And that was because we, our, I guess, belief within the Christian faith is that, you know, like God loves you no matter what. So it doesn't, we don't hold those views as tightly as maybe other people do. And we, I guess we kind of see, everything's forgiven. Um, So not being as strict with that. But I remember when we were kind of talking about the readings and things that we were going to have in the church. So for anyone that doesn't know, usually when you get married in a church, you get to choose the readings that you have. And we've been to a couple weddings where they've chosen readings specific to like the man leaves his family and the woman obeys. And there's some really, a lot of language that I don't particularly like. Um, so we, I guess, steered away from those readings specifically, but I do remember that there, and and to be honest, I can't remember which one, but there was a reading that he, he, we didn't choose, but he, he said, this is our minister. And I remember on the day being like squirming, but there was nothing I could do. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, um, if you're going to get married in a church, some of those things are out of your control. Um, and you can believe what you want to believe but at the end of the day it's kind of up to someone's interpretation of what they're saying and if they are going to read it word for word well again it depends on translation and things like that but um yeah you can't really 
think too much about that because that's not your words, but you do have choice to be able to choose as many. And as you said, we, we really struggled to choose the readings that really reflected our values and, and we tried highly to do that um, because we knew that that was a good impression to be able to give um, of those readings. Because I have been to other weddings, as you said, where they've chosen readings that are very strong on the on the roles of a man and a woman you know, in a marriage and I just, and that isn't something that we believe walking into it. We didn't even believe a marriage was between a man and a woman. So to try to choose readings that didn't have the man and a woman in the reading, you know, to just express how much it is about about the love between two people, you know, and, and, and trying to bring back that equality in through those, through those words. And I think that is a small way you can sort of change it in a religious space. Yeah, but I do think that, I mean, as you kind of touched on, if you are getting married in a religious sense that, I mean, we kind of had to cop it on the chin a little bit, which which sucked. I remember being really upset about it and we were really trying to avoid it, but we couldn't because we were getting married within the institution. This is this whole thing about feminism, right? And I remember one of the funniest things I think people have said to us after our wedding, the amount of people who keep coming up to us and saying, we're getting married here, but we're not getting married in a church. And then they follow it by being like, oh, well, you know, like no offense to you guys getting married in a church. And I find that so interesting because I was on TikTok the other day and I was scrolling through all these wedding videos because my TikToks are full of them. And someone was saying they're going through like controversial opinions of things they're not doing as a 2023 bride. And one of them was to get married in a church. Now, I didn't think that this was still a tightly held assumption that you have to get married or most people get married in a church. I really thought it was the other way. I mean, it depends who they hang out with. It depends if the, where they went to school. You know, if you went to a, a religious school and all your friends are religious, to not get married in church is probably strange. Um, and to a lot of old people as well, it's probably strange to, mm. to not get married in church, especially if you grew up in a religious household. Um, that would be very hard, especially if they're, yeah. especially if they're financially contributing. It's going to be hard to not get married in a church. So that would be controversial. I'm sure that would cause a lot of drama. But you can see why people choose not to. Um, oh, yeah. To have that freedom and to be able to do things the way they want. I remember when we were having our rehearsal for our wedding and the pastor said to us that I had to stand on a particular side of the church. Oh, good. Yeah. Because that's the side the man stands on. And even things like that, you know, like I'm not going to go too far into that, but those are just the small little things, you know, that he had on his mind because he was thinking about that, you know, and who had to do what part first. And, and it, you yeah. know, I wanted to walk down the aisle and he was weird about that. Yeah. Little bits and pieces that are views that are held within the church that have nothing to do with the religion whatsoever, but are just strongly held views that have come down from the old generations that are still so hard to break. That's actually such a good point. I didn't even remember that. And I remember that night, actually, now you kind of rejoin my memory and feeling awkward. And he made a comment about all the things we changed because you walked down the aisle. We decided to sit on my side in my side. I say that in inverted commas um, of the church or the woman's side. And there were a few things that he did find strange only because we weren't going by the typical gender norms, I guess, within a church setting. And I remember feeling really awkward about that on that night. And I think that kind of goes to why people probably talk about you can't be a feminist and get married because the very institution itself is so deeply rooted in the patriarchy and 
I think that that kind of talks to it because even though you might be like, oh yeah, but who cares? Like you have to tell him that you want to sit on a different side. I feel like that would wear on you over time, especially if you were so against that. And if say you were getting married in a church only because of your families or doing something only because of, you know, the religious backing of your family or community. Yeah. And we've talked about a lot on this podcast about how your wedding day should be a reflection of you and you should be able to do what you want. You know, at the end of the day, make, do things that make you happy. Having someone there questioning what you're going to do on the day is not something that's going to make you happy. Or being even being told you can't do something, even as small as standing on a particular side of the church or, you know, being able to walk down the aisle. If you weren't allowed to do that, that could have big impacts, you know. Um, mm. And you may not think that on the day, but you probably hold resentment towards that a bit later on. So, um small things in the scheme of it all but definitely can have a role and as you said it's the institution so strongly held in in having those views um of of who does what and it's very hard to go against that and try to bring back some sort of equality yeah and i think that these we have to make note that these are obviously all amplified if you intersect with anything else whether that is you are an lgbtqia plus person or you live with disability i think that they that would compound of all these people questioning you all the time or because marriage or the institution of marriage says you have to do something a particular way i'm going to change gears now slightly but i remember another thing that our church coordinator actually said to us and this wasn't our pastor she was just someone who was there at our rehearsal when we were practicing for our wedding and she said to me um she loved how involved i was in making decisions about our wedding um and that Mm. and i asked her i I went back to her and i was like is that is that not how it normally happens and she was like no she was like you're like one of the only people i've ever met who's had an involvement and and she'd worked there for a long time you know, and she would see people getting married all the time. So I think that's another big thing and that's something I definitely want to touch on. And, and we strongly um, held the view that when it came to planning our wedding, we were going to try to do half-half, or not exactly half-half, but we were definitely going to do a lot, of, yeah, a lot of sharing. And we've spoke about this on the podcast before of how to get other people involved, but it, it always shocks me about how that comes as something that typically there would only be the female's job to do. Yeah, I think this is something so interesting about the patriarchy and this idea of masculinity and I guess toxic masculinity in the fact that whilst often perpetrated against women, men experience it in their own way as well. And I think that whilst, yes, a lot of men maybe don't have the same interest in wedding planning as women typically and generally – I also think there is a disempowerment to be involved because often people found it weird, as you said, that you were involved or like, why is Michael doing that? Or why does he care? Or because we're so conditioned to think men don't get involved. And even like you saying that and the way I heard it in a different way is people would always joke to me specifically about being like oh but he doesn't do anything oh you will have to do everything and it all about being the bride's day and what the bride's doing and what the woman's doing um and then making jokes about the man in that way i think i know that it's such a strongly held view when you hear 
other females joke about it towards you or you hear females ask questions, especially in the lead up towards our wedding, directed at you. Yes, You know that it's a strongly held view when other females are only directing it to you because they don't think that I'm involved. They don't even even stop to ask if I've been involved. So that even just shows that they don't even think that that is even even an inkling that that is – that that is even a possibility. I remember we were around someone who recent a couple that recently got engaged, and I remember as soon as it happened, the person directed every single question at me, and you you basically became completely invisible, um, because they were talking about their ring and they were talking about oh my god and their families and um, all of this thing, but it was all directed specifically at me, and almost like they were expecting the excitement of their engagement to come through me and not through you, even though arguably, arguably your whole profession is around weddings. So you probably not necessarily know more, but are excited a little bit more. Yeah. I was actually talking to someone the other week about um, asking them how the planning was going and they were like, it's been so good because my, um, because my fiance has been helping so much. Um, and I didn't ask anything that would, assume that they weren't but that was one of the first things I opened up with it just goes to show how uncommon it is but also how great it is when they do help because it does take such a load off and um, I think again if you haven't heard our episode about how to get how to get your partner more involved in planning I think that's a great episode to listen to because it shows that maybe you're the one standing in the way maybe you hold those views where you don't think that they can even try so these are things that as someone who is trying to be a feminist can help and these are easy things to do along the way to be able to get your partner on board and be able to help plan that process. Yeah, and I think you've touched on something more broadly in terms of one of the, I think one of the hardest things people find about weddings and particularly even we found it in weddings and marriage is that the gendered norms that come with wedding planning and marriage and I mean that in terms of everything is labeled bride and groom that as the bride you're expected to plan a lot more and everyone makes jokes about the bride on the wedding day we've been to a couple of weddings where they just keep saying this is the bride's perfect day this is all about the bride the bride the bride um because they assumed that the partner wasn't involved the fact that you're gonna have kids the fact that you know, if you're the bride, you wear a white wedding dress. And if you're the groom, you typically wear a darker suit. If you're the groom, you don't walk down the aisle. You stand at the end. If you're the bride, you get given away. Like there's so, and the list goes on, honestly. But there are so many things that I find are so gendered. But then when you go against that gendered norm, then people get real weird about it. Here's one that I saw the other day and this wasn't one that I originally thought of. Like we've all seen like the idea of a bride walking down the aisle or a bride wearing a white dress or the bride getting given away. These are all things that need to be – are a little bit outdated and if you're trying to be equal, that is obviously not equal. There's a big disparity there. Yeah. Why does does the bride have to do those things? Um, But another one – and this sort of goes against the tradition but is also not very good – is having a first look. Now, okay. having a first look goes against the tradition of walking down the aisle. You're mm. not going to you're going to actually see the bride before you walk down. But who is it that has to, to turn around to have the first it's look? Always the groom. Always yeah. the man stands there with his back away, and the bride walks up and taps him on the shoulder, and he walks around and looks so surprised at how good she looks in the dress because she is dressed up for him, right? 
because it's that ownership thing again. Yeah, that's what that's a good like one. we've we've gone away from the bride walking down the aisle to now the bride walks up to him before before the ceremony. So it's just as bad. You're just on your own. It's now. just morphed. Yeah. And I think that, that that's one of those funny things where it reminds you how deeply seated the patriarchy is and the idea of male dominance, I guess, because that to a lot of people is like going against the tradition, but really you're doing the same thing. It just looks a little bit different and it's not 50-50. And I think that's the whole thing about feminism. It's talking about equality of the sexes, but it's so deeply ingrained that can we ever really get to equal? I don't necessarily think so. And I think that's what puts people off weddings so much is there is just so many things that are gendered. There are so many things that put women in a position of oppression or lower that how how can you say that you're a feminist and be married or get married or have or have a wedding and enter that institution? So we've kind of talked about feminism and before you get married. I want to talk about once you get married because one of the biggest things that I hear all the time is people say it all went downhill once we got married or the idea that once you get married, it makes things worse or I don't like to put labels on it and marriage does that. And the first thing I kind of want to talk about is I think one of the really big things that gets couples into hot water is over domestic duties once you're married I think that there's this certain idea that once you you know I mean it's always this idea that women do more and we do we do more that's just that's statistics but I think that when you enter that institution of marriage you're like solidifying that in some way yeah and I really think this goes back to again the whole idea of marriage um, so we're not even talking about on your wedding day here anymore. We're going back to why would you choose to get married if yeah. you are someone who, who believes in being a feminist because the institution has been set up in such a way for females to be oppressed in a way. You know, and you brought up a good point before about um, about income and who actually pays for things. And I think that applies to when you get married as well, um, who pays for what. Maybe it is a, a case of, you have to pay half, but then um, after the fact as well, you were talking about who pays for what in your everyday life. Yeah, I actually think the income and money one is really interesting because a way that I didn't really think about it was someone said that if you pay like 50-50, that that's not really good enough because particularly for women, there are there's the pay gap, there's also the heavier load domestic duties. There's the idea that often women, I mean, biologically usually have to have more time off for children if you do choose to have children. So if you're paying 50-50 in a relationship, you're the one losing out. And I thought that this was so, such a fascinating thing to think about because I think that, and I know that this has been something that has come up again and again, one of our biggest episode suggestions, which we haven't done yet, we will, is about how we do our finances after marriage. And a lot of people like, no, we do 50-50. And I just, I I can't understand it. But I think after reading this, I was like, wow, 50-50 from a feminist point of view might not be right at all. Because if you are in a job as a man, you're more likely to be paid higher, plus obviously all the things like child rearing and domestic duties. Yeah. And if you're listening out there and thinking, well, isn't um, equality, everyone paying like 50-50. Well, I think we're after equity, not equality. And we're 
including other things into this rather than just having a financial stake because we know that men are more likely to earn more. Um, and so there are a lot of people out there and as you said, it's been a highly requested episode for us to talk about our finances because a lot of people are still only paying half of all their bills after they get married and people aren't combining finances. People um, are just paying their share and in the end, that's going to leave a woman heaps more worse off. I'm just talking statistically but it could just as well leave a man worse off but we're saying that Either way, it shouldn't be 50-50 because it's always going to leave someone worse off. If we're talking about equity, it should be, you know, you're, you're being able to combine incomes and be able to proportion it based on other things. I want to tell a little bit of a personal story here of when I was in a, in a previous relationship. And, I mean, I was quite young, so it's a little bit different, but... Either way, we split things 50-50, but the domestic load on me was so much higher. But also because I was more entry level in my job, I earned a lot less. And I remember I used to have to work so many more hours and put so much money in. But then I also had the load of so much more and I mean a lot more domestic duties. And, you know, there was a little fallout and it ended up like this person left the relationship with more money. And I remember thinking after this, per- when, when this relationship ended, this person left with more money. And technically, yes, we were equally paying the same amount, but we were not equal. And that's because while I, while they worked a certain amount of hours in an office, I worked a certain amount of hours at home and then that never got compensated. Um, or never got taken into account in like a court of law. And I think that it's really important even talking in marriage about that if something, and obviously you don't get married to get divorced, but if something does happen and you've said, okay, you know, you go work, um, I'll pick up some of the domestic duties and then worse comes to worse, the relationship breaks down, then you're in such a worse position than that other individual. So you're not equal at all. Yeah, I think that's why we sort of bring up this whole post-wedding finance issue or domestic duties or anything post-wedding because I think it's one of the big barriers for people to actually get married. Um, and it does seem like it's more secure, like you're more like locked in when you get married. So therefore, you should be talking about these types of things. Um, you're talking about equality after marriage. And if you are someone who holds the feminist idea then you have to be thinking about these long-term things because there are a lot of things that marriage allows for but there are a lot of things that marriage means you have to do yeah and i think that that's a really important point in terms of for example if you are carrying a child and you have a child and the woman stays home things like superannuation you're not accumulating as much and i think whilst yes you technically i guess once you get married combine assets but what that means is you also lose assets so if the relationship you know if it does break down then maybe you walk away with a lot less money and we know that women end up worse off when they're when they're older because of a lot of situations like this and I think if you're going to think about feminism and base your relationship and your marriage and your wedding and in these feminine values you're right like it has to be something I mean I think it should be something people think about anyways but um, I think it's really important kind of conversation to have and I'm sure that these are things people should be thinking about from the start right you can't be like these are a definite things that 
um, need to be thought about before you get married about how this is going to look because it is a big change in a lot of people's lives. Um, I know for us, especially like around like finances and things, like it was a big changing point because we thought, well, now everything is together, you know, and that's the idea of getting married, that it becomes more like rock solid and you need to have these things planned out and it's important as well like for like a legal aspect but also for like our marriage like we intend to be together forever so we're going to sort of make sure this is on the right track from the start. Yeah and I think that when we do talk about feminism or any kind of other way of thinking or lens is I think that it is actually impossible to achieve equality because things and may maybe we will far into the future. I don't think in our lifetime or at least in our marriage's lifetime. So we've got to try to make it as equitable as possible because we're never going to be on the same platform within this lifetime. So I think having those conversations and making those decisions as to what an equitable marriage and wedding looks like to you is yeah, extremely important. So I want to move on to ways that you can make your marriage and your wedding a more feminist friendly space. And I want to start with weddings. So some of the ideas that I heard thrown around is like, if you're going to wear a veil, don't wear it over your face. If you're going to walk down the aisle, don't be given away. Don't. Um, or if, if you don't really want to do that, have you both walk down the aisle instead of just one of you walking down the aisle? I thought that was a good point about your first look. Like maybe there's a way you can get around that, like both being blindfolded and having someone undo the blindfold or both turning back to back and then turning around. I don't know. I'm sure there's a space where you could be in a room and you could both walk in from opposite sides of the room into a door, you know. You can both walk in together. It's just exact same as like if you're planning to get married, you can both walk in the same time from opposite ends from opposite sides there are there are ways around that one of the things i really think is important at a wedding too is not having the male speak on behalf of the couple um, or the father necessarily so we've been to a few weddings and it's quite common or i guess yeah it's quite common within the the ideas of weddings that the man or the groom usually speaks on behalf of both the bride and groom to say thank you and i actually I kind of hate that. <laughs> yeah, it's not only the groom speaking, but it's also like the father of the bride speaks on behalf of the parents and the father of the groom speaks on behalf of the parents. Like it's only the male who would traditionally speak. Um, and yeah, we've definitely got to go away from that. That's just one that I don't really like in general. You know, I've talked about how I don't like even having your parents speaking, let alone um, only having a man speak. Yeah. One of the other good ones I heard was like, if you're a woman in particular, getting married in a dress of a color that looks good on you, not not white because you have to. Like obviously if white looks good on you and you like white, go for it. But if you like pink or blue and that looks really nice on your skin tone and it's your favorite color, then doing that. I think it's when you're thinking about your wedding, any time that you feel like you're doing it because of society's expectations of a woman or society's expectations in general, challenging that and thinking how can you make your partner equal with you in that decision and that process another one that i saw which i thought was quite amusing because it was something that we did was not having your typical hands and bucks individually um and not having them be the um stereotypical things that you see online and maybe having a combined one maybe having one with all your friends and not having it be so gendered and the same with your bridal party you know maybe not having all female bridesmaids 
you know, making sure that you're just being inclusive to all your friends and, and not being told what to do there and who you have to have stand up next to you. Yeah, and even around the practices in terms of like the night before staying with your partner or getting ready together, it's kind of since doing this episode it's actually really made me think about our wedding and some of the choices that I made or we made and not because at the time and still I think, oh, that's so beautiful, like that's so nice, like I wanted to wear white because that's so ethereal and it's so magical. But I think in hindsight like – I thought those things because of the patriarchy and because of what society said, not necessarily because one day I woke up and said white looks really good on me. And I think that's a good thing to preface or even close out this with is that saying that you don't have to do all these things. If you choose to wear white, you're not a bad person. Oh, you know, If you choose to yeah. walk down the aisle, you're not a bad person. If you choose to have all female bridesmaids, you're not a bad person. If that's something you really want to do, then by all means, but just think about the reasons why you are going to do it, you know. And I think if you've thought through that and you think, oh, maybe it is because of a societal expectation or maybe it is because of a longstanding like, tradition, maybe because your, your, your grandparents are very highly respected in your family and that's what they did, then that's okay. You can do these things, but it's just always good to be thinking about the reasons why you are, why you're wanting to do something. And if after that you're okay with it, then that's totally fine. So I just want to close this out by some of the things that we do in our marriage, I guess, to focus more on equity than equality. And the first one kind of just touches on what we talked about, but being really self-reflective. You and I often sit down and have conversations. We try and make dinner time that time where we try and always sit at the dinner table. We don't always do it. We fail quite often at it. But when we do, we try and talk through a lot of things just around why we made certain decisions we did and I help that I think that helps us keep ourselves in check and also like I actually learned quite a few things on this podcast as well like I don't plan these episodes either do you like we just mm. sort of have a chat so I hear a lot of things you know through the, through the course of either like researching this podcast or by just having a chat with you like on air like we I hear things yeah. and we, we definitely talk about these sorts of things so um a good space. You don't obviously have to do it as a podcast, but <laughs> nice to have those conversations we and just be reflective <laughs> of things that you may have you may have thought through the day, or things you've seen, or things your friends have done, and think, well, how does that feel for me? Yeah, and I we also focus on e equity in our domestic duties and money as well. So we do not pay. We don't do either fifty fifty. Um, with domestic duties, we usually break it up by who's busier and then the other person picks it up and then vice versa, depending on the week. Um, and same with money. Um, it's much more on a sliding scale. And I've seen a lot of people do this so that if your partner earns three times more than you, they pay three times more. More, I mean, all our money is kind of in one big pot. So it, we don't really notice who pays what. But one of the ones I did want to talk about is and finalize on is having difficult conversations. Um, and I mean that in terms of like money's not comfortable. No one wants to talk about it, but forcing ourselves to have those regular conversations. Another one that I think is really important and we've talked about a lot within our marriage is contraception because we know that contraception, particularly in a marriage sense, often falls on the women um, and being on the pill. So I think 
trying not to avoid difficult and hard and icky conversations has really helped us keep our checks and balances. But that probably is enough to wrap us up for this episode. Um, I hope you liked this this style of episode, a bit more conversational. Um, if you did, let us know at our Instagram at tobewed underscore podcast or share it with some of your friends, family, your partner. Hopefully, maybe this is something that you can even bring to your dinner table and uh, reflect on and get the conversation happening. And we hope that marriage and weddings are accessible to you and this, you know, it's nice hearing other people talk about a not so talked about topic. But till next week, happy planning and we'll talk to you then.